Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Story number one, The Last Bastion, written by It Was Then That. They called it Sanctuary. Don't imagine some happy, fluffy, 1950s sugar-sweet TV, white picket fences, neighbors over for dinner, community spirit bullcrap. This was deep space, last human settlement. We lost the Earth kind of sanctuary. Let's get that out of the way. We lost. We started some crap, and we were freaking lost. Gaia, gone. Have you ever imagined how much it hurts in your chest, your heart, your soul, that a bunch of xeno-expansionist pricks call Earth home? Can you imagine the shame when they treated better than you did? Cause that's how it is. That's how far we fell. So, here we are. Sanctuary, home to one million souls. The last of humanity. Orbiting some random red dwarf in the middle of buttfreck nowhere. At Earth, population 10 million xenofrecks. Death is something that many of us try to pretend didn't exist. We paid people to take our dead and dress them up and bury them or cremate them and all out of sight. It was a collective denial of the power of death. That denial was lost to us after 10 billion of our fellow humans died in the war. I fought. My friends and my family died. I understood then, more keenly than ever before, that there was no strength in denial. Did we know that the Japanese, who once cremated all of their dead, would watch their family enter the flames and watch as they exited? That they collected the bones that remained and experienced true closure? How many mates did I watch enter the vacuum of space before I truly understood the power of acceptance and mortality? All of them. They're all gone. I alone remain on sanctuary. One soul to mourn the vast, incomprehensible many. It's a game of numbers versus capability. An enemy with numbers vastly greater than yours can overrun you despite your technological advantage. In the same way, if your tech advantage is great enough, you can overcome the numbers. That's what happened to us. We had the numbers, they had the tech. Their advantage was too great, and their victory was theirs. We breed fast. Funny thing is, we learn fast too. So what happens when 10 billion humans die in a war and Earth is lost and all that remains is a single habitat orbiting a dying star? Does humanity cave? Do we give up? Do we accept our station as paupers on the galactic stage? If you read this and you say yes, then you are clearly not a freaking human. We don't give up. We don't forgive. We don't forget. We may not be a hive mind, but I tell you this. In this case, we are of one mind. A million humans 
If you had known better, you would have made sure that that was zero humans. Sanctuary. The last human base. Fuck no. It was just a staging point. We learned. We grew. Yes, it took time. But we grow fast and we learn fast. One million. Two million. Ten million. This time we understood. On the galactic stage, there were no civilians. We made that mistake. We followed the rules of war. Geneva Convention. You freaking Xenos laughed. Collateral damage. You freaking Xenos laughed. Fine. Let me tell you something about humanity. We made rules of war not because we are soft, but because we feared what we were capable of. Do you know what I'm most proud of? They killed our kids, but we didn't kill theirs. Sure, revenge is a particularly human trait, but what sets us apart is that we have a word for it, and they don't. They left Sanctuary alone as a warning to any others that might think to fight back. If we were another of the species that habits the Milky Way, then perhaps that would have worked. But we are human. We do not extend that title to others lightly. Earth was taken from us in the year 2133. Our oasis amongst the stars taken. Did we deserve it? Perhaps. But she gave us life, and that is written upon our DNA. And no matter how far any of us might roam, Earth is home. Sanctuary grew. Sanctuary learned. We infiltrated their systems and stole their knowledge for ourselves, as he once stole fire from the gods. The secrets of the universe opened like a perfect rose before our eyes. And oh, how we used it. There were no gods, but we built some anyway. We tortured space and time until it served our purpose. In the same way that our world walls propelled our advancement, so did the fear of extinction compel our advancement on sanctuary. Ships we made, but oh, what beautiful ships they were. Our new gods, destruction incarnate. I was born on Earth. I'm little more than a brain and a brainstem in a mechanical body now. Yet, when my feet touched ground on Earth once more, it felt like home. I marched with my brethren and tore down the monstrosities they called cities. I crud beneath my boot. I crushed them. At times, I wondered if I was right. And then I would think of my friends who died and were cast into the void and lost to us. And with envy, there was no forgiveness. We reclaimed Earth. This time, we shall treat her with the love that she deserves. Sanctuary blooms a forward base now. We look to the stars and the world captures in their embrace. We come to set the galaxy free. Would you like some freedom? End of story. Story number two. Speed, written by Digital 332006. Once knowledge of warp technology made it to human hands, it only took a few years for them to join the community at large. 
To the pleasure and relief of many, they found mostly peaceful civilizations looking to trade. Still, patrols were created to help against acts of piracy. Space being as vast as it is, research focused on how to get to distressed ships faster. It was a rather quiet day as the crews of the Ebony Hawk readied themselves for the new warp fuel tests. Current human warp fuel drives being limited to 2.7 times the speed of light. Much hope was placed on this new experimental technology that they were going to test that could theoretically go up as high as 7.15c. The nature of warp fields, which inherently disrupted sensitive ship equipment, meant that traveling vessels would contact the cluster's sentry array to get the reading on their current speed. Warp fields, often decaying due to varying ship conditions, speeds dropping drastically unless recalibrated. These routine checks with the sentry array allowed crews to become aware of losses of speed and get more accurate travel estimates. As the final checks and diagnostics were completed, the crew on the bridge listened to the local chatter in the system. Orion Sentry, may we get the speed read out? asked the small Turian transport. With a professionalism, the sentry operator replied in a neutral voice, just like they do whether it was a small ship or a large one. Torian N174, sensors are reading you at 2.28C. Coming up next to the public commencement, a Zanfan frigate spoke up with a slightly superior and entitled tone. Sentry, what is our current speed? With the same voice, the reply came back nice and crisp, nearly instantaneously. Zanfan F51, we read you at 3.05C. Many of the bridge rolled their eyes at the flex from the Zenford ship. Mere seconds later, a third voice spoke from the comms. Sentry, this is the Bahelena Kruzna Braugest, requesting a speed check. This drew a few curious looks from the human crew, as the Bahalanan were one of the oldest races, and not much was known of their capabilities. The officer on communication raised the volume and began recording. We have you at 5.4C, Bagast. Sentry's response betrayed the slightest hint of emotion, something akin to pride. The operator was likely a Bahenelin, and this was the highlight of his day. Normally, this would be the highest speed at the sector for the day. On the Ebony Hawk, however, the pilot looked behind to his captain, his eyes asking a single question. His superior officer met his gaze and nodded once giving the pilot permission to press the small red button next to his station. As the crew braced themselves, the ship lurched forward at tremendous speeds, the hull creaking from the strain of it. The artificial gravity generators could hardly keep up with the demand. The comfortable 0.5 Gs replaced with a much stronger 30 Gs. Thankfully for everyone involved, it lasted for the briefest of moments, as the pilot had only plotted a short course, intending to test the speeds. With the smuggest of grins, the captain contacted the Orion Sentry Array. Orion Sentry, this is the Ebony Hawk. Can I get a speed check, please? The channel flickered with static for a few moments, longer than normal, before the operator replied back. There may be a malfunction with our sensors, Ebony Hawk. Uh, we have you at 6.92C. Stand by while we recalibrate. The captain managed not to break his composure and let out an improvised reply that would make the rounds the entire human fleet. Ah, 
Nah, that must be right. I do feel a bit more sluggish than usual. Thank you. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.